Welcome to the Along Came Bitcoin podcast. My name is Eileen, and I am focusing this podcast on women in and around the Bitcoin space. I mean, it's basically one of the reasons why I'm in this space, because I thought, um, where are the women? Uh, it's like it's like 20 years ago when I started with uh, web design, uh, there were also uh, even um, no women, just, just me and some others, a handful, you know, and it's the same here now. And um, I think especially for women, it's important to have access to their own money because it gives you freedom and independence. For today's podcast, I have the pleasure of speaking with Anita Posh. She is a podcaster and an author in the Bitcoin space. Welcome to the conversation. Okay, well, today we have Anita Posh with us, and I would like to welcome her as not just a fellow podcaster, but now an author and someone who's contributed a bit to this space. And I would like to um, turn over you, Anita, and maybe you can just kind of give everybody a feel for your background and um, and what brought you to where you are today. Yeah. Hello, Eileen. Thank you very much for the invitation and hello to all the listeners. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, my background basically is um, I'm a, an urban planner. I started urban planning um, after my studies. And that was around the time of 1997-2000 when the internet came to Austria. And then I realized, oh, actually, um, the internet allows global for everyone it's uh for anyone and i thought wow uh what a great invention and i uh started uh to to be a web designer and that was basically the way into doing um e-commerce later on and also being a a small business together with uh, a friend of mine uh, we were like a a web web agency uh, we also um um had an uh online store for um sustainable pro design products and um, so from there, I had a lot of experience in e-commerce and how uh, complicated um, payment online is, uh, how many red tape you have here. Uh, because back then, like 10 years ago or 15 years ago, um, in Austria, for instance, we need, needed to pay for our payment provider uh, upfront, like 3,000 euros just for using it. So, um, and... Uh, on top of that, of course, we had to pay the, the service fees and everything. And um, so I was always interested in small businesses, in uh, regional economic prosperity in that way, and um, in a world that is more suited for people and not corporations or, or, or big companies. And so... In 2016, in 2016, I uh, decided because I was uh, employed in between in a bigger uh, e-commerce company and I decided, no, actually, I want to go back to be self-employed again. This time I'm going to do this alone. And um, I was basically looking for an idea because online marketing and e-commerce was not interesting uh, for me anymore because I thought, um, we have over, uh, we are over consuming anyhow. So, um, so many people 
are just mm -hmm. uh, uh, like going to work in their uh, daily uh, nine to five uh, to be able to purchase goods then um, to keep them like uh, happy in, in this state, you know. And I thought um, that that can't be it. That's not something that is really um, interesting to me and doesn't really make sense, you know, for the for the whole of, of the world and the people and society. And in 2017, I uh, visited a talk by Shane Forschungbier about Bitcoin and blockchains. And um, it was her um, way to talk and explain uh, where I realized, oh, wow, basically, um, she, she, she's called Sherman Forschungbier. And she's a researcher and uh, wrote a book about token econom uh, economy. So um, she did it was like, oh, wow, you know, I suddenly realized um, Bitcoin, everything is coming together that um, sense for me is interest to me. And I found out that it's basically a field or an area um, where I could like um, educate others. Uh, I mean, of course, the first thing was I had to learn about Bitcoin myself. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's its own yeah, journey exactly. that's a long journey and i think it, it never stops yeah. um and so uh yeah basically in 2017 i decided to to do this um and from there on from then on i more and more worked uh in the bitcoin space um until like in 2018 i started my podcast and from there on, I like reduced the 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 other um, jobs I had, like the other like doing uh, e-commerce or online marketing for other companies. So um, yeah, so today I'm happy to say that I can pay my rent from from my Bitcoin education, and um, that's basically the story how I got here. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Now, did you grow up in? Austria? Is that where you were born and raised? Yeah, I was born and raised in Austria. Um, and uh, basically, most of the time, I lived in Austria. I also lived in Berlin and in London um, for a short period. But basically, I lived most of the time in Austria, yes. So when you presentation in 2017, and you're starting to figure out how you want to learn about about Bitcoin, how, where did you go? What was your first... Um, source of information and how did you educate yourself the internet i mean i uh i found out about uh educators like andreas antonopoulos which uh who who is basically the the biggest influence or the the person where i learned most from uh up until today and um from there you know like um being on twitter following accounts realizing who the people are um that have quality high quality information um and a lot of books also uh in the beginning um of course in 2017 there were not that many books <laughs> so i also uh got into uh austrian uh, national economics and and read books from from uh, from this um area um i went to bitcoin meetups in austria and yeah a lot of youtube actually and one of the biggest um um seminars in a way I did that that helped me a lot is from the University of Nicosia they have a 
introductionary course on uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchains, uh, which is free. And Andreas Antonopoulos is one of the yeah, and Andreas is one of the teachers there, and can tell I can say to anyone, please. Uh, in this free uh, educational uh, course, it's like, I think it's free month every week in a way, and you can also ask questions. Yeah, that, that was basically my, my main source. And from there, you know, you have to stick it together, like for yourself in a way, you know, you, you, you always, um, at first you, you are on the surface, you know, you, you understand the basic principles, but in the end you realize you don't really understand it. And then from there, I went like, like deeper in, in all the different fields, you know, because it's so um, multifaceted, so many um, areas of, of uh, like mathematics, um, IT, uh, money, um, and all those things come together in Bitcoin. And so I, I went deeper, um, like in the different, uh, um, um, how you, in the rabbit hole, you know. In the rabbit hole, I think is a good term, but I don't know that it actually really gives that visual of kind of that web of information you start to consume on, on all different fronts. You know, like you had mentioned, just economics alone, when you, you might have started from one perspective. Once you open your mind up to seeing it from different perspectives, you start to process all that information and question it, um, I guess, too, and learn through that whole process. But actually, I, I find it pretty interesting just with your start in 97, because a lot of people have likened what we're seeing now with this, um, with the start in you know 20, 2009 and, and where we are today with everything that's happened, that it's similar to the start of the internet and where where it was in its infancy in the you know the 90s and how quickly the network effect of it caught on and that those who understood it early were then able to um, build on it and help others along the way. And it, it seems to me you're almost replicating that experience here. Do, do, you, do you see that pattern in it? Yeah, in a way I see that. And it's a bit like, you know, in 97, 2000, um, I was not that well connected and we all were not that well connected as today. You didn't have uh, these loads and lots of information uh, on the internet. So um, I can remember I bought a book about HTML, how to build a website, you know, and um, in a way, yeah, 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 exactly. I also have to laugh about it now. Mm. So I think the development now with Bitcoin is much faster. So um, because Bitcoin started in two, 2008, 2009, uh, but from the internet that started like in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And so mm -hmm. it grew uh, slower than uh, Bitcoin is growing. So from that perspective, I think we're going to see um, a much faster and, and uh, more sp uh, spreading network effect uh, with Bitcoin uh, than the internet. Because also the internet is the this for Bitcoin. So, and uh, the internet back then had to be built uh, prior to it. Agreed. And I, I think similar to um, probably what's happening here is people realizing maybe there isn't enough 
basic educational material, which it sounds like that's where you were, that you, you kind of came through your experience and then said, I need to, and I've, I've seen this a lot where people have this need to give back to, to share their knowledge with others. So I'm just curious, not everyone does, but obviously that was a big driver for you. What, why do you think that was in your case? Now, the first reason to give back, uh, let's say, put it in another way. I, even before the podcast, I wrote my first book, like um, the basic principles of how you can use Bitcoin safely. And I think I wrote it also because I learned a lot on the way. I think the best way to learn is to write something about it or to to explain uh, to people how it works. And um, so that was basically the best way for me to collect all the information I had back then. And now I rewrote this book and expanded it because now I know much more. And this uh, giving back is something that, I mean, it validates yourself in a way, you know, it's, it's actually very egoistic in a way because it, it, it gives my sense, uh, my life a purpose in a way. Um, because um, it's much more satisfying um, to be part of such a movement that's basically a grassroots movement than uh, being a part in like this uh, nine to five uh, clockwork uh, thing that's, that's, uh, that's a part that came from the industrialization, you know. I always thought, why do we have to work five days a week uh, from nine to five? Uh, I mean, in, in, in the US, I mean, here in Austria, if you're employed, you, mm-hmm. have, you have five weeks of a vacation from your job. I think you in the US, you only have two weeks. And I mean, <laughs> uh, that's a big difference. And I, I always <laughs> thought that doesn't make any sense. And I wanted to be self-employed and at the same time, do something that um, um, supports or helps or uh, lifts the, the greater good in a way. Not everybody has that insight to themselves and to take the time to, to focus on it. And it must be very rewarding given the last three, four years of working on it. How, what have you learned through that process about the space in yourself even? Oh, I've learned a lot about myself. <laughs> uh, for instance, for instance, that nobody, um, um, cannot fall for scams, for instance. Uh, it's a hubris uh, to believe that uh, you know everything. Um, and I also um, changed a little bit my perspective of, of politics and stuff, you know, like uh, we are here also similarly to the US, we have two big parties, two or three, and you are either in the one or in the other. And I came to realize that basically all this politics is like weird. I, 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 it's, it's too much bureaucracy here and um, I, don't, I can't believe anymore what the papers write because when I see articles about Bitcoin, how misinformed those articles are, then I ask myself, okay, articles about other topics, how informed are those now? <laughs> so 
And, and so I learned a lot also, for instance, um, what I find very interesting, as I said before, we have these classical left and right uh, parties here in a way. And um, now with Bitcoin, I see you can have a common uh, idea and a common project and still have totally different views of the world. <laughs> and I think that's, that's also very interesting. And it's also a learning I had that I can also deal with people um, whose um, opinions might be completely the opposite um, than mine, you know. And I learned a lot about the, the financial world, how it works, um, how inclusive it is and how it is excluding uh, the biggest part of the world, you know. I, I didn't know that before. I also didn't know where how money comes along. I mean, what is money, you know? And so mm -hmm. I learned a lot and I can only say to everyone who's listening, it's really, if, if you are a little bit interested in it, um, it's great, you can, you can learn so much. What led you to want to, um, I know you said your, your book, you had, you've just released a new book. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and the name of it and all that good stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Thanks. So it's called Learn Bitcoin with the L in a bracket, um, because I think it's important that we not only learn how to use it safely for ourselves, but also how we can earn it. Because um, many people uh, believe um, don't have money to even be able to trade Bitcoin to say like, I have 50 US dollars left and now I'm buying Bitcoin for them. And so I think for a lot of people, it's important that they are able to earn Bitcoin. And that's why that's the title. And the book is basically a book for beginners. And um, it gives you the the situation, um, the current situation, how money um, is generated in the, in the fiat world, let's say it that way, um, where it comes from, what inflation is and what it does, um, how exclusive this financial system is, um, what the petrodollar is. It also de deals with the, the uh, so-called uh, energy waste or energy, the energy consumption of Bitcoin and why Bitcoin is important. So it gives you the why and then the how. So how can you buy your first Bitcoin? Um, which wallets do you use? What's the best process? Um, where can you buy Bitcoin without um, uh, giving your personal private details away and stuff like that? So it's basically a guidebook for beginners um, to, to uh, reach self-sovereignty, yeah? to, to have this personal financial freedom to own your own uh, Bitcoin. And that's what the book does in like 150, 60 pages. And um, I think it's, it's that, it's all what I learned in all those four years in a way, you know, uh, com, com, mm -hmm. um, in an approachable and concise format put together. So it's basically great for uh, starting to use Bitcoin, yeah. And when you, you talk about the, the earn aspect of it, um, how do you address that? In what are some of the focal points or topic points that you talk about from that perspective? 
Oh, on the one hand, it's like examples of portals or platforms um, where you can earn your first uh, lightning uh, Bitcoin, like your first Satoshis. Or I talk about the way how podcasters can earn Satoshis over uh, podcast index and the, the value tag for the RSS feed. So uh, that you get quasi, uh, that you can earn streaming money like Satoshis when people listen to your uh, podcast in the Sphinx app, for instance, or the Breeze wallet app, then they can automatically stream money to you. Like, if I would be listening to your podcast in the Sphinx app, um, I could boost um, um, certain uh, passages, for instance, if you say something funnier, so I could push a button and send you um, 100 sats or something like that. And so it's a way to generate income for content creators. Also, I talk about um, lightning paywalls that you can use for your WordPress website, for instance. So you can basically protect content. Um, and when people pay you like say 50 sats or something like that, which is really a small uh, US dollar cent um, amount, then they can read your article. So um, these are the, the, the possibilities and there are a lot of possibilities that are going to come in the next years because um, the Lightning Network is also developing fast and applications for the Lightning Network. And um, I mean, the problem is that the book, like this part of the book, like the examples, um, will be outdated very fast. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it moves quickly. <laughs> so that's why the book is also, uh, and that's also an idea because coming from Bitcoin, we have this open source um, idea of uh, it's accessible for anyone. And therefore, the book is also on GitHub. So I can uh, like change the content there very fast and in the future have an updated version. Yeah. And it's also uh, for free to read there. Oh. Yeah. That's great. That's, um, I mean, it's wonderful that you're providing those resources. Um, and I think that one of the things I've been particularly interested in is women in mm -hmm. the space and how they've, how they came into the space, what they learned about it, how it's affected them and maybe how they've taken more ownership over their future, especially when it comes to their money and then how that leads to, I think, empowering them to do other things. And I was curious if you've seen that ha play out in some of the conversations you've been having with people. I mean, it's basically one of the reasons why I'm in the space, because I thought, um, where are the women? Uh, it's like it's like 20 years mm -hmm. ago when I started <laughs> with uh, web design, uh, there were also uh, even um, no women, just just me and some others, a handful, you know, and it's the same here now. And um, I think especially for women, it's important to have access to their own money because it gives you freedom and independence. And um, so for me, this is a big part of what I do. Like um, globally, the barriers for women are higher than for men. So we have, I think, 1.7 billion people who are unbanked and the biggest, bigger part of them, like 56% are women. And so it's harder for them 
to own property, uh, to get an ID. Um, there are even countries uh, where women are discriminated against in inheritance laws. So they are not able to inherit property or money and uh, they still need the permission to, to, get, to, to get a job uh, or register a business and things like that. And um, I think that owning your own money in a very private way, like uh, on your own smartphone, and nobody needs to know about it because only you need to know about it, um, is, is very empowering. And so I find this very um, important. And I've talked to, because you asked for examples, I've talked, for instance, on my podcast with the Nigerian Feminist Coalition, um, who last year were a part of the NSAS movement. So they organized demonstrations against uh, the, the government and the situation in Nigeria, uh, where women are really, how shall I say, um, in danger uh, every day and um, do not have equal rights. And um, they were banned, like so, so their bank accounts for donations were banned by the government. So they couldn't uh, get money anymore for, their organ for organizing the campaign. And then they switched to, to Bitcoin. So they used the BTC pay server to um, get donations uh, in the country. And um, they basically said to me, Bitcoin is power. It enables them to do all these things um, that would not be, have been possible without Bitcoin. Um, and so another a recent example is um, Maron um, Estefanos, I think. Yes, Estefanos is her name. Uh, she's born in Eritrea, which is a country in the north of Africa, which is basically a dictatorship since 30 years. And uh, she and her family went to Sweden to live there because a lot of people uh, leave the country because of this uh, devastating uh, uh, situation there. And uh, they are refugees. And uh, these refugees get very often um, kidnapped and held hostage for money. And um, she started uh, to help them, uh, to try to get them out of this situation and help them to, to flee the country. And she said to me, um, Bitcoin basically is the possibility to bring down dictators because um, we don't give them the money. So they, the, the, the way that money, for instance, is sent to Eritrea from, from all the people who live abroad is remittances. So I think over 30% of all people in Eritrea live from remittances. And um, the traditional way to send them is over Western Union or Revolut or um, these financial services. And in Eritrea, many people also use the Havala system. The Havala system is a non-state system. So it's basically a network of business people uh, all around the globe. And she can give uh, money in Sweden to a Havala uh, business person. And the people in Eritrea or Ethiopia get the money uh, through those, this system. And she says, if the money is sent back like 
with the traditional financial tools and the Havala system, both are controlled by the government, by the dictatorship. And if you send your money via Bitcoin, they can't get hold of the money. So basically you, you take their money and power away and you could bring down dictators. But the, the, the thing is, I mean, most people don't know that and they know how to, right. to use Bitcoin right. or to access it because I mean in Eritrea I think there is no um, uh, Bitcoin uh, marketplace I mean maybe Paxful um, can be reached there or local Bitcoins but there's a lot of educational work to be done you know and um, that's that's the thing I think we all like Everybody who is coming into the space and wants to educate people on that um, is welcome and shall do it. There's another woman that I was speaking with um, that has, has seen a similar, she, that she doesn't have, she works with refugees and she's trying to find ways to provide them alternatives and means to money that isn't can't be taken from them. And so Bitcoin was presented to her as an option and she's exploring it. But the challenge becomes you have the project itself, you're trying to help the people. And then the learning curve that comes with trying to just understand Bitcoin, as we've all said, is its own journey that you can hit this overwhelm stage. So finding ways to simplify that conversation and give educational resources, I think is invaluable at this stage and in multiple languages, you know, a lot of things I think are in English and how we start translating some of this into other languages is critical. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, I talked with Fode Diop from the Senegal, French is their language. Our, um, my book will be translated, uh, luckily, or that's good, um, in Spanish, German, I will do that, um, Chinese and <laughs> Russian. And I hope that maybe other languages will follow then. Um, I think the most important way or the best way maybe to, to educate people all around the globe is also like a network effect, you know. Um, I was in Zimbabwe early 2020 and uh, met people there and who already used Bitcoin, but also people who have never used it because they thought it's a scam and it's not really money and it's weird. And um, so, for instance, I, I uh, helped Miss Aura from Harare set up a donation page for her school uh, that had to shut down. And uh, so we collected donations that uh, she was able to open the, to reopen the school. And she also started to save Bitcoin herself and to use it, to send it to a friend of her, a, another woman, a business partner in Kenya, because um, sending money in Africa from one country to the other country is extremely difficult and costs a lot. And so uh, she started to use it too. And now even her parents are holding a little bit of Bitcoin, you know? So I think it spreads, it, it spreads <laughs> from there because if people see how easy it works and that it works and it's not a scam, then they will tell their peers. So I think um, the education and the usage of Bitcoin, this network effect is really huge. And um, 
So I'm quite optimistic about that. But you're right, of course, uh, we should not focus only on English. We we uh, translate stuff and um, help support people from other countries, other uh, nationalities, other languages uh, to produce content too. To create that, your comment regarding the, the natural network effect versus maybe a computer network effect of one friend talking to another friend and learning from that experience. Because I do think the the word of mouth conversation with trusted friends is helps build up the confidence that people have to learn and try and explore because um, they feel that they have a safe space to maybe talk about it and ask questions and, and kind of grow through the process. I um, what what excites you kind of moving forward? Oh, you mean with my work or in general? <laughs> Uh, both uh, I guess. okay yeah so both. what excites me yeah the use cases like the one in zimbabwe for instance yeah where where people are really also living in a dictatorship in a kleptocracy where they have like permanent inflation or hyperinflation um and um are deprived of the the basic goods or need, they, they can't fulfill their basic needs yeah but not because the country wouldn't have enough natural resources i mean zimbabwe was was the breadbasket of africa uh, for a long time um, it's because of corruption and um, exploitation also from uh, europe and the us and china and um, from their own uh, politicians. And that said, and I think Bitcoin is really a very powerful tool um, to, to stop that or to, to um, enable the people to preserve their wealth and, and store their wealth and also to um, interact economically um, between each other again uh, without the interference of uh, uh, red tape bureaucracy uh, banks and 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 weird re regulations you know uh, most of these countries or many of these countries mm -hmm. also have uh, capital controls so i mean if you're a business in zimbabwe um, and you want to import goods you have to ask the central bank first if you're allowed to send the money out of the country to obtain these goods and i mean imagine uh, this administrative um, um, overhead and and also I mean even the the idea that in, you have in this hierarchy that you ha have to ask for permission um, that's such a weird and and strange and I, I, I really I, yeah I feel bad thinking about this system you know um, and mm -hmm. in a way in a way in a in a much uh, uh, less um, intense uh, way we also have that here I mean uh, we also have to ask um, may I have a bank account at your bank do I have enough money for you to take me uh, yeah so and I find all of that kind of weird and that's why I'm so optimistic and happy that Bitcoin exists because it it changes um, this kind of may I please use this financial service right. to Oh God, I, I do what I want. I mean, if I want to send five euros to my friend in Zimbabwe, then I do that now. And in like one hour, she has it, you know, or with lightning, she has it in one minute. And 
to to like the cost of less than a euro cent or something. And that's revolutionary. And if you're not optimistic about that, then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you completely. Makes you wonder what the world will look like in five, 10 years with um with more and more individuals becoming economically independent. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, actually. I know a lot of people are scared. And mm -hmm. I think these are also the people who don't want to know more about Bitcoin, who say, no, hmm, uh, it might bring down nation states or something like that. But I don't believe that. I believe if, if our governments and our nation states um, serve us people, uh, then uh, we don't need to like um, get rid of them. I mean, <laughs> so Bitcoin is a, is a voluntary system. And um, I think much more in life should be opt-in um, and not like mm -hmm. permissioned uh, or Oh, in the in the ad world, like in the consume world, pushed upon us, you know, um, or taken from us without asking, like Facebook with all the data, you know. So I think Bitcoin and public key pair back many rights that we have in the uh, real world, like in the analog world, um, which are right now away. You know, the, the European Union decided on control. So what I'm excited about personally, I mean, I'm in, in, in Bitcoin because of the humanitarian, uh, social, greater good. It empowers people and stuff like that. Um, so that, that makes me excited. Um, but of course, I mean, uh, I'm also... A human be being with feelings. I'm also happy if the the price goes up. <laughs> uh, that makes me uh, excited <laughs> too. Um, what else makes me excited? Yeah, this possibility to to break down these walls with these with with a technical tool like that, um, uh, and 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 also the the future possibilities like owning your digital property yeah not and i don't i mean on the one hand you have bitcoin which you cannot view as digital property but on the other hand i mean like my online presence you know every one of us has so many different social media profiles but we don't own it but uh with with cryptography we will be able to own that in the future and use it for different services and we decide um uh, who uh, is able to see which data. And I, I think that's great. And I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see people's creativity and energy come out when, like you had mentioned, because you, you throughout this process, you've become financially independent. That's, then your time is yours and you can do with it how you, you can put your energy into what you choose not what others say you need yeah to. that's nice i'm i'm not there <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> you're closer uh, than you were yeah i mean okay. let's say it that way um before bitcoin um i always only knew okay the next one or two months i can pay my rent <laughs> uh now 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 this time frame has extended but um i'm not like i i'm not in like 20 since 2012 or something like that you know i still 
I do have to work and um, uh, I'm not there. So I, I basically um, worked to have that freedom to do what I want very hard and I, I still do. So um, we'll see <laughs> how we go, how we're going forward. <laughs> uh, but to be honest, like let's say Bitcoin enables me a bit of a, a how do you say that, a security uh, cushion? No, like... You know, it's 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 a little security I have on the side, and that's good. I didn't have that before. So, uh, with Bitcoin, saving is incentivized. I would say it like that, and uh, you definitely can earn more than if you leave it in your bank bank account or something. You know. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and I I hear you, and I, I'm curious this the current climate with regard to inflation that's happening in the our country in particular but um because i don't know that the u.s has really been paying much attention or really understands the impact that dramatic inflation can have on if right now i think it's just being perceived as oh the stock market's going up and houses are if you own one maybe that asset's increasing in value but if you don't have any access to those things you're losing ground quickly, daily, by the hour almost, and how that can have an impact on so many people really creates a greater divide in in our world. Yeah, exactly, and that's yeah. And I don't. I was going to say I don't know that people really have paid much attention to it, but I think they're starting to wake up. Unfortunately, it's taking yeah, a while. Yeah, I think but... they're starting to wake up. Uh, and I think they feel it when they see it. Like, um, okay, suddenly my the prices are rising, but my income isn't. Because most of the time you don't earn more. Mm -hmm. You just have to pay more for things. And um, But still, I'm not sure if it's understood where it comes from. Because it's a little bit now like, oh, the pandemic, uh, we had to pay so much for vaccines or whatever. Um, so I think the Fed and also the uh, uh, ECB, they will like say, oh, it's because of the pandemic. But the, the truth is this started before and uh, the fiat system, how money is created is basically the reason for this inflation it's just in some countries they are even more like mismanaged or they are in a way in a debt cycle um, where they they are not able to get out uh, because exactly of the same thing because fiat money is uh, generated through debt and you have then to pay it back and so everything becomes commodified. Everybody has to extract money from stuff. And we need to buy more to, to uh, bring the economy back. And um, yeah, I mean, that destroys our planet. That's the one thing. And as we can see now, um, mm -hmm. uh, as you said, assets like, like property, um, houses, uh, flats and such, uh, I mean, people here in Austria and also Germany, you can't afford to buy a flat anymore. It's simply not possible for most of the middle class people. If you don't inherit something, uh, you're not able to, to, to build so much wealth to buy a property. So you will be excluded uh, all your life. And um, that's the big difference because it's also the tools you are excluded from, you know, like 
in my family, I think nobody has stocks <laughs> and it's a very common in Austria. You only have like an account on the bank and like 20, 30 years ago, you got like 4% uh, uh, on uh, earning on uh, interest. Now you get nothing. You, you are happy if they don't uh, take... Uh, it's the inflation that is diminishing the value of your money. And I think most people don't understand these basics that the printing of money through central banks uh, it's basically driving up the money supply and therefore because money is a good it has less value um, it's actually quite easy um, <laughs> if you have understood it one time <laughs> yeah yeah so, if, if you take the time to step back and as you said maybe not listen to all the the information that's being projected to you and take time to process it yourself. And yeah. it sounds like your, your current book is going to be a valuable resource for a lot of people to do just that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it breaks down these basics on a few pages. So because I think many people don't really want to study Austrian economics or something like that. It's just about the to understand the basic uh, relations, you know, like like in between the different things, because if you really want to go get to the ground and then understand everything you you make to to make to make sure. Um, but also for me, you know, you always hear this thing like the central bank controls the money and the economy and every year we have like 2% inflation. That doesn't sound too bad because you don't even like realize that, you know, in a year, but in 10 years, there's 10%. <laughs> so basically in 10 years, 20% <laughs> of your money is gone. Yeah. So we also have these problems mm -hmm. with inflation here. The, the basic inflation. Uh, it's not only like Venezuela where we had like 5,500%. I mean, in one year, can you imagine that? Or, or in Zimbabwe, I think in the last year it was 100%. So um, you, you saw the, the prices doubled in a year. And so in Zimbabwe, people buy stuff as soon as they need it or as soon as they can get it, so they hoard things uh, because they know the next day uh, they are more expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That that the mentality that it's you start to become this hoarder, and you know the greed kicks in, and the the almost the panic of I need to get it now. Yeah because I don't know what tomorrow will bring. Exactly. I wouldn't call that greed in that case. Yeah. It's more like you said, panic. Yeah. Because, because you. Yeah. Self-preservation, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That's true. Well, for those out there who are looking to learn more about you and find ways to connect with you, find your podcast, your book, can you point them to best places to connect with you? Yes, thanks. Um, yeah, Twitter. My Twitter account is Anita Posh. Uh, Posh is always written with a C in between the S and the H. And uh, anitaposh.com is my website. And more information about the book is on learnbitcoin.link. And you will find my podcast. It's called The Anita Posh Show. Uh, just Google it and uh, you'll find it. Yeah.
And uh, I'm also writing a weekly newsletter where I like uh, commentate on the most interesting stories in the week in, in Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically what I do. Okay, well, thank you for all the work you're doing. I will be definitely reading your book. Um, it's next on my to-do list. There's lots of books, but this one, I, I love the idea of the earn aspect too. Um, and just thank you for the voice that you're adding to the conversation uh, and the focus on women. I, I really appreciate that and, and value it myself. Yeah, thank you very much, Eileen. Uh, and the same to you, because I, of course, realized that you have uh, many women as interview guests. And I think that's very important. So thanks to you and uh, all the best for your future work. Looking forward uh, to your new interviews. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, we'll be connecting more, I'm sure. And I wish you a beautiful Bitcoin day. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. And see you. Thank you for being here today as part of this conversation. Okay. I encourage you to check out Anita's podcast, The Anita Paw Show, and go and buy her new book, Learn, Earn Bitcoin. I'll have links to those, both of those on my website as well as in my show notes. And you can find me at alongcamebitcoin.net. And you can email me at alongcamebitcoin.com and reach out to me on Twitter at wise underscore wake. And I look forward to hearing from you. Have a beautiful Bitcoin day, everybody.